Welcome to the show, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. My name is Dr. Ruth Mary Allen. I'm really, really excited to talk to you today about the psychological trauma of war. This is an exclusive show really dedicated to helping those people that are disaffected or have been disaffected by the trauma of war, whether that is happening now or present and we welcome all of those people joining from around the world whether you are ukrainian russian or any other nationality this show is here for you to really help you learn how trauma occurs in our mind psychologically and really what you can do to help unchain your pain just as a point of note this is a session for everyone. Please, if you are going to comment on the show, please post any comments um, below as part of the show, totally fine. Please do raise any questions you have about the content of this. Please do not post any political opinions. That is not what this show is about. This is about helping the human race really unchain their pain from the psychological trauma of war. I will seek to ask answer as many questions as I can at the end of the show and I will go through all of those that have been raised in the chat. How this show will be broken down. The first part is I'm going to talk about trauma and how it really occurs in our mind and I'm going to break it down hopefully into bite-sized chunks. I do have a presentation associated with this so if you are watching this then you will have a visibility of the slides. I will also talk through the slides as best I can for those of you who are that are listening to this and hopefully um, this will be available across all my social media channels. So if you have any questions or any thoughts or any comments later, then please do feel free to raise them on any of the platforms that you are watching. This is out here to all those people that are struggling with the trauma of war to really help equip you with the tools that are there to help you unchain your pain. And you are not stuck with the brain you have. You are not stuck with the trauma you have you personally have the power to unchain your pain and i'm hoping to show you how in this session so without further ado let's dive firstly into how does um, trauma occur in our mind well as i said this is all this session is all about supporting you and your family so i'm really going to dive into it in the context of the people that are most likely disaffected. So we're talking about adults and children alike, and the effects can be very different depending on your age. So if you are a child, you're, um, you are very vulnerable to the effects of the trauma of war because your brain is so malleable. You are also incredibly vulnerable as an adult, but we have a much more rigid brain structure compared to that of a child. And the earlier the seed of trauma takes root, the stronger this, the, the trauma tree can grow. And I'll go on to that uh, in a moment. So just as an overview of, of this discussion today on the show, I'm going to talk about how psychological trauma manifests in the context of war and fear, 
how the brain responds to psychological trauma, what you can do as a family to avoid the trauma tree from growing. And also I'll be offering any further support at the end of the show. So it's really important to know that trauma is like a tree and the earlier that the seed is planted, the stronger the roots can become and the taller the tree can grow. So in the context of psychological trauma of war, when you have a trauma that takes place and in the, in the context of war, it's often life threatening situations that we feel we are in. Um, as a result of the war that we're experiencing, then that seed gets planted to the threat, the event that is happening. So that seed gets planted in, in the fertile grounds of your mind. And the younger you are, uh, the, the earlier that tree is planted. So we can have trees planted from birth and pre-birth as well. And what's really important to note here is that Obviously, there's an event that takes place, which is, is the seed that is planted in your mind, is we have the power to make sure that we don't let that trauma tree grow uh, strong uh, and we, that we don't feed it um, and give it the, the fertile nutrients that it needs to grow. And so how do we do this? Well, what's really important is to firstly recognise that we are in an event that is traumatic in its own right and for me personally um, I wouldn't be talking to you today if I hadn't had the trauma of witnessing my dad's death back in October 2019 and, and that was a very traumatic experience for myself personally um, and it didn't manifest until later because I had to focus on dealing with the uh, response of my mum at the time who witnessed his death too um, and help her which is what we see happening in the context of war is people uh, parents or guardians or those that are in a position of leadership responsibility put their trauma recovery process to one side to focus on the immediate need of the person that has also experienced the trauma and by doing that, uh, by putting that, that trauma recovery piece on hold because we're focusing on helping others, we have a tendency to allow that trauma tree, that trauma seed to take root uh, and to grow in the background of our mind. So it's really important. The same way as if we hurt ourselves physically, if we are hurt psychologically from a traumatic experience, that the earlier we take that intervention, the earlier we intervene, the earlier that we take action to acknowledge that we are in a traumatic experience or have experienced a trauma, the, the earlier we can pull that trauma tree, uh, that little seedling that has taken root and take it out and stop it from growing. Now, obviously in the context of war, the longer we experience the same or similar type of trauma, the stronger the root will grow. So we are adding layers and layers of similarity of trauma onto the initial event. So if you look at the slide, we see that tree starts to take root, the seed starts to grow. 
It's got the fertile land in our mind because we're constantly exposed to the environment that's creating the trauma. And if we think about it in the context of the situation that's happening now, sirens uh, are causing people to feel uh, traumatized because they're having to go underground uh, and take cover. Um, so it's really important that we provide an intervention at the point that we feel that we're experiencing the trauma to stop our brain from having an automated response that is allowing that trauma, trauma trigger and trauma response to get stronger and stronger and stronger and allowing the tree to grow. Now, in the context of just being in a single event historically, for those that have been in the war and have come out of the war, but are still experiencing the effect of the trauma that they've been in, what has hap what happens is our body is triggered by something that is related back to the original traumatic event or traumatic experience, if it's a, if it's a series of events. And so what we have is we have a tree that has grown uh, and, and the triggers are from the, the branches of the tree and that triggers the initial event. So what we want to do in the context of people who have been involved in war and are still traumatised is we want to go as far back to the earliest trauma as possible to where the seed was planted so that we can unroot the tree or chop it down as it were and get rid of it. So why am I talking about this in the context of families? Because for children, the earlier we can intervene with children, because they will have a trauma tree growing in the context of, of being in a, a, a war environment, is the earlier we can intervene, the earlier we can stop all these little trauma trees from tra taking root and building a, a, what could in essence be a forest of trauma with all the branches interconnected. So as our trauma grows, as we have the layers of trauma, what we find in the context of our mind is that tree gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and it, we have those layers of similar events. So the sirens keep going off. It, it, it strengthens that neural network in our mind. And so imagine that that branch or, or the trunk of the tree is that initial neural network that we've created that results in us having a particular response, then we'll have more and more of those incidents that strengthen the roots of that trauma tree. That tree goes grows stronger and stronger. And then as you as the tree grows, we'll have branches of the trauma that will be related to other incidents that may have occurred that have may have a similar uh, uh, relationship to the initial trauma. And the outflows that come from the tree may trigger behaviours in other people. So we have a trauma tree uh, that, that is, have, has outflows associated with it. So the branches uh, have emotions associated with it. We have thoughts associated with it. We have sensations associated with it. I'll go this, into this in a, a little minute. We have physical responses associated with that trauma that outflow will then be exhibited physically. We will express it um, cognitively, autonomically, as our heart will race, uh, sensor sensorily and emotionally. 
and that can obviously trigger other people to have trauma uh, by virtue of the response that you may have to that situation and thus strengthen their trauma tree. So we end up this, this particular trauma tree that stems from yourself or from another person can result in other people's trees having their light blocked out and making it very difficult for them to function. So how does this relate in, in the context of where we are now? So we don't have to be in the event to be traumatized by it. The trauma can occur uh, in the context of watching the news. And so the more and more we watch the news, the stronger the roots of the trauma tree will grow. And, and the stronger the roots grow, the stronger the, 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 the trunk of the tree grows. And so we have this outflow response or emotionally uh, thoughts, we may have difficulty sleeping as a consequence of, of the images we see on the news or, the, or what we hear in the news, or what, we, what, we, uh, what we sense uh, from a physical perspective if we're in the particular environment. And that really affects um, how we as an individual communicate with our environment at the point that the war is taking place and also after the guns have fallen silent. And what we really want to help you here today is, is making sure that your trauma tree, you don't allow it to grow as best as you can, because you have the power to stop that seedling really taking strong roots. Uh, and you can do that intervention on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and that you are consciously aware of the aspects of your personal trauma tree, the outflows that you're experiencing as a consequence of the trauma, and that you can personally take back control of your mindset, take back control of your well-being, and learn how to manage it for not only yourself, but also your family and your children, and equip your children with the tools that they can manage this uh, for the rest of their lives. And obviously, um, as a as a warning here, th this is what I'm going to give you today <clears throat> is a demonstration of a technique that you can do for yourself personally. Uh, if you need trauma recovery support, then please do contact us. Um, please do uh, message us, connect with us through our website. We offer weekly trauma recovery group coaching for individuals and for those that have children um, we do have a special offer out now for those who are involved in the current conflict wherever you may be in the world um, to help you educate your children uh, to empower them to take back control of their mindset so please do connect with us I'll put the connections in the chat below um, and also, uh, if you want to find out with regards to trauma recovery, then you can see the link um, uh, that is on the banner within this message. So it's ruthmaryallen.com forward slash connect. If you want to connect with us and find out how we can help you or your organization. And if you want to learn about trauma recovery, either at a group level or an individual level, then please do. Uh, either go to the website ruthmaryallen.com forward slash trauma recovery or you can of course connect with us or email us at support at ruthmaryallen.com and we will do our best to help you and your family.
So what are the requirements for traumatization and what are the inputs that need to come into your brain in order for a trauma seed to take root inside your mind? Well, the first thing is, is there needs to be an event. Uh, and that event needs to be have some kind of traumatic meaning to you. It needs to be event that you fear. It doesn't have to be the fear in the context of your life. It's normally something that you're, you feel you're going to lose something. So you may feel you are going to lose something physically, which could be the context of your life. You may feel you're going to lose something emotionally. You may feel you're going to lose something mentally. So you don't have that ability to think clearly. Uh, you may have that um uh, interest that you had from a cognitive perspective and interest perspective completely taken away from you and you may fear that you are going to lose something spiritually and then in the context of spiritually I mean your connection to something that you truly value deeply your core purpose your values your beliefs something that you assign a great meaning to and so in the context of war all of those four elements are often present that you are going to lose because you are uh, you are fearing a loss emotionally because you have an emotional attachment you have fearing you're going to lose something physically is that is the threat to life often you feel going to lose something cognitively because all of the things that you are able to do and think clearly and all of the activities you may have done from a workplace perspective might be taken away from you or you fear they're going to be taken away from you uh, and spiritually you may may fear that you are losing a sense of meaning and purpose in your life uh, and that purpose is is being redirected and it's really important to think of it in those four quadrants of your well-being your emotional your physical your mental and spiritual because you can always do something to help replace what you fear you are going to lose in the context of all of those four quadrants so if you if you feel those four quadrants are being lost or, or some of them have been lost, then it's, it is is within your power to figure out how you can replace those so that you don't have that overwhelming feeling of loss. So emotionally, we can look for emotional inputs that are going to lift us up. Um, so looking for things that are going to make us feel happy rather than make us feel sad, as an example. Physically, is to look for things, activities that you can do that are going to move you forward and going to be positive in your in your life. So things that are going to protect you and going to make you feel safe. Uh, mentally is focusing on things that are going to connect your human part of your brain. Often when we are in an in experience in a traumatic environment, our amygdala, which is the deep limbic system of our brain gets hijacked. And that's very natural because that is the earliest uh, part of our brain. It's the oldest part of our brain, the reptilian part. And it is the thing that we have to have come online and, and take over everything else because it is responsible for our survival. But what we want to do is try and give ourselves that clarity of thought so that we can think clearly in a situation and bring back as best we can our human part of our brain, our cognitive thinking part of our brain back online so that we can make rational rather than irrational decisions. So where we can, we want to look at things that are mentally stimulating that will help activate our cognition, our prefrontal cortex that brings our human logical thinking part of our brain back, back online.
and then spiritually so if anybody that's read the book victor frankel um man's search for meaning uh, where he experienced the trauma of war is this fight is all about finding meaning in everyday life looking for meaning in everything that you do and focusing on having a meaning and a purpose uh, and even the smallest thing even the worst thing is is to try and find some meaning in that that you can take forward with you that will help you rather than hurt you so first of all we have an event a traumatic event and that could be anything and that event could be triggered by any of your five senses your sight your your uh, sound your touch your taste and your smell so an event that triggers one of of those senses the landscape is the landscape within your mind that is vulnerable at the time that that event takes place next we have there is a meaning associated with that particular event so people can be in the same event but they will assign a different meaning to it depending on the landscape of their mind depending on whether they have experienced trauma previously uh, depending on what types of trauma they've experienced previously what previous history they have um, they will assign a meaning to it and finally there's an inescapability associated with that event or that experience that you can't escape from it and that will trigger an encoding of a traumatic memory in our mind now in the context of children obviously children are uh, their landscape is incredibly vulnerable because they are very young um, they they're it they are they have a level of inescapability because they are dependent on their carers to help them and support them so they they, they are they are trapped by virtue of how 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 they how we evolve as humans um, and that their meaning will be assigned depending on their level of uh, history that they have associated with experiences that are similar and they'll also assign a meaning based on what they observe around them and this is coming back to the trauma tree and the trauma forest is we want to make sure that as best we can that we minimize the growth of a trauma tree so that the forest around us the community around us has an opportunity to to see the light to 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 nurture a forest of good rather than a forest of trauma and that's really important so how does the encoding of the trauma occur in the mind um, well first of all we have a sensory input from an event that is sent through your brain network so you have this neural network within your mind and it's sent as an electrical signal and it's a high frequency gamma wave of around uh, 100 hertz and that's sent via your thalamus which is really the sorting office in your mind and when that signal that comes in from the event arrives in your brain cells and your amygdala your brain cells in your amygdala which is the deep limbic system inside your mind your amygdala which is responsible for your fight flight freeze or defensive rage part of your mind and for women we also have a tendon befriend response to to traumatic events it releases key chemicals and for those that are scientists it's glutamate and um, and that key chemical activates a particular receptor which allows calcium to enter into your cell and that calcium influx the rate at which it comes in is dependent on the wave frequency but really what you need to think about is a signal comes into your brain from an event an electrical signal and it triggers a chemical response inside your brain cell 
that chemical response releases what we call receptors. So these are amperoceptors. And if you imagine uh, your brain cell is, is, is a fist um, and, your, and the arm is, is your brain uh, neuron, the, the network that comes into your brain cell, um, the neurons that come in and, and we have the synapse at the end, is these amper receptors, if we think of this as, as a ring on our, on our finger, they act as a, as a short circuit. Um, and what they do is they are responsible for helping you immediately respond to the threat that you're experiencing if that threat occurs again. So the traumatic encoding permanently anchors these amper receptors onto the surface of your brain cell and that's called potentiation, and they act as this short circuit to allow your chosen response, whatever you've decided at the time that the event occurs, that could be fight, could be flight, it could be freeze or defensive rage, whatever you've chosen to do at the time, it allows you to do that again if that event happens again, and it allows you to do it quickly, and that is our evolutionary survival technique. So it's really important to remember those amper receptors get plugged onto the surface of your brain cells deep inside your amygdala. And when they're plugged onto the surface of your brain cell, it, it helps the encoding of whatever the inputs are into your brain cell associated with that traumatic event and whatever you've chosen cognitively as an outflow response to that event, however you've chosen to respond to the event. And that can be different for everybody you can be in the same event and have a very different response depending on what you see from all what what your response is from all five of your senses and what your history is associated with the landscape in your mind so when we come into um, the deep limbic system just as, as a, a bit more science behind this i don't want to go into this in too much detail the threats come in via your thalamus as i've mentioned earlier which is your sorting office and it also comes through your olfactory nerve, which is your sense of sense of smell. Um, and that comes through a different route. It goes through um, your sorting office. The, um, the amper receptors are plugged onto the surface of your cell. The associate response that you've chosen to take, some of it goes into your memory storage. And the outflows, your survival response, which could be fight, flight, or freeze, um, or defensive rage, which goes through a different channel, um, happens almost instantaneously because of, of these amper receptors to make sure that you respond in whatever way is appropriate to the event that is occurring. And this, this happens whether you're experiencing the trauma of war, or you're experiencing the trauma of a bullying event, the experiencing the trauma of uh, uh, anything that you, your brain terms as traumatic based on the inputs that come, the event, the meaning, the landscape, and the inescapability associated with that experience. It doesn't have to be just a trauma of war. And if you have had previous traumas before any war uh, has broken out and they are related to uh, the, the trauma you're experiencing within the war, then that will add as a layer and help strengthen that trauma tree. So how do we respond to a, th a threat? So this is the outflow from the traumatic event. So this is the case response. 
So we'll have several different responses and it's really important that you recognize how your body has responded to a threat in the case of anything that's happened to you um, psychologically. Uh, and we're talking in this instance, the trauma of war. So you, you will have a cognitive outflow. So these are any thoughts, any meanings, any interpretations or any perceptions that you assign to that particular threat. So any, any cognitive outflows that are, are recorded and that will also go into your memory banks. We have our autonomic responses. So these are our automatic brain functions that regulate our body. So what typically happens in, um, in a trauma is our sympathetic nervous system is triggered to come online. Normally our parasympathetic nervous system is the system that calms us down. Our sympathetic nervous system comes online. We get an increased heart rate. We get sweating. We get uh, muscle tension. We may develop tics. There's all sorts of uh, breathing rate will change. There's all sorts of autonomic uh, outflows that can occur as a result of that experience, shaking uh, and, and so on. Um, so we then have a somatosensory response, and this is sensed through the body as in pain, tingling, numbness, and other sensations. So really, that is any uh, uh, sensationary response that occurs in your body, and that uh, that actually can uh, include some numbness and tingling, any weird sensations that you're experiencing as a result of the event. And then finally, we have the emotional response, and that's your emotional. Uh, regulation as a result of that event so it could be a result of extreme sadness it could be a, a, a result of extreme anger any emotional association that you have associated uh, associated with that event will be encoded as part of that outflow and if you remember those amper receptors that are plugged onto the surface of your brain cell when the uh, trauma takes place they immediately fire off to the different parts of your brain for all of those elements to be recorded as part of that traumatic experience. And so what we really want to do in the context of war and trauma is we want to downregulate our brain as best we can at the end of each day. We want to bring our brain back down and back to as best we can at the best normal level we can achieve to take away um, the trauma that we have encoded in our mind as a result of the day's events. And we have the power to do that. So how do we decode a trauma in the brain? So there's there's ways in which we do it. And I'm going to talk about havening. Um, and what we do it from a havening perspective is we send uh, through the power of human touch uh, which is something that we have inbuilt in us. This is a capability we have inbuilt in us from birth is the power to downregulate our traumatic experiences by the power of human touch. We need human touch to support emotional regulation from birth. We, we need it throughout our life. We have noticed it in the context of COVID. We've noticed the importance of physical connection, physical contact, and many people who reconnect with people physically, the first thing that they want to do is regulate themselves emotionally through the power of human touch by giving each other a hug. And what we 
do with havening is we are tapping into this innate superpower that we all possess as humans to downregulate our brain and help us cope with day-to-day -day stress and anxiety. And in this context, we use havening to help people with trauma and it is incredibly powerful. So the way uh, havening works is what happens when we apply human touch is the process of applying human touch generates calming delta waves in our mind. So these are much lower frequency delta waves in our mind. And how do we use this to best effect in the context of traumatic encoding that has occurred with the AMPA receptors that have been plugged on to the surface of our brain cell in our amygdala? Well, what we do is we temporarily activate the pathway or we temporarily activate the memory that we have encoded that relates to the trauma we've experienced. And that basically activates the AMPA receptors that were active, that had been plugged on to the surface of, a, of the cell and activates that exclusive memory that you have encoded in your mind. We then apply the power of human touch, um, which is which generates calming uh, delta waves in our mind, calming waves, and that produces a calcium oscillation. That calcium oscillation in our brain cells, which is a different frequency to, to the trauma that we had encoded, it helps activate a particular chemical inside our mind that unglues the AMPA receptor associated with that traumatic event. So it unglues that short circuit, that encoding that has been plugged on to the surface of our brain cell. And through the ungluing of it and the sending of that AMPA receptor back into the brain cell, we're able to break the outflow associated with that experience and send it back and, uh, and remove the outflows associated with the response to the event. And also that then detaches the inflow associated with the event through the event, the meaning, the landscape um, and the inescapability associated with that. So it really reverses it and it does this permanently. So it removes those amper receptors permanently. Now, of course, when you are in a, in a war-torn environment and you're constantly being exposed to trauma on a day in day out basis um, every day those amber receptors can get plugged onto the surface of your brain cell but you have the power to unplug them at the end of the day it's like unplugging unplugging the power socket really from from your house so it's taking away uh, that electrical circuitry we've got the power to do that ourselves through through human touch and so of course if you do have a trauma the next day you have the power in, when you feel that you're in a safer, safer time, a safer space to take the time to unplug those amper receptors and downregulate your brain again. And this is one of the most powerful techniques to do this. It's often called the 15 minute to freedom technique. It's something that children can learn. My daughter Lily learned this at age 18 months old, which is why it's so, so important to get this particular technique out to as many people as possible. It should be part of uh, 
everyday education and part of the uh, children's curriculum and adult learning activities as a life skill that we use this to help downregulate our brains, bring our brains back online from a cognitive perspective, bring the human part of our brain back online and allow us to function and think clearly and not be hijacked constantly by our amygdala being in the driving seat, by our reptilian brain being in the driving seat and always being in a fear response state. If you have any questions about this, please do post it um, while I'm talking. So in terms of uh, the neuroscience behind havening, maybe people think this is complete uh, nonsense and, and baloney. And if you were to ask me a couple of years ago, I would have probably thought the same. Um, but actually, there's a tremendous amount of science behind this now. Um, we we have done studies here in the UK that have demonstrated its efficacy in the context of people with type D personalities. These are people that are prone to anxiety and depression. And in after one havening event, um, those people um, who received havening compared to the control group noticed a significant reduction in their cortisol levels, a reduction in the heart rate, a, re a reduction um it in their blood pressure and it was significantly uh statistically significant and actually it, it was so significant that those that had received havening compared to those that did not um no longer had the attributes of type d personality uh, and so people seem to think that you are stuck with a certain type of personality. You are not. You have the power. You have an incredibly powerful mind. You have the power to change it. Um, and I'm here to really show you how. So how does it work? So as I said, we generate these calming delta waves by literally uh, stroking our skin. Uh, and we can do this on ourselves. Um, and children can do it on themselves. They can do it on a, a toy if they've got a toy that they're interested in or a comfort blanket or anything that is nice and soft and nice to stroke uh, or you can do it on other people with their permission please so in terms of um, what do we get so as I said um, when we apply human touch to to our bodies we generate these calming delta waves and these calming delta waves in our mind are typically generated in deep sleep now, what we notice when we apply human touch to our body is we can get an amplification of these delta waves up to 90 times in our cheeks, up to three, 38 times when we apply it to our shoulders, up to five times when we apply it only to the back of our hands. Uh, and they do use uh, from EMDR therapy, they use vibrating pads on the palm of their hands, that's three to four times. And for EMDR therapy, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, which is a very uh, well-known therapy for those that read the literature and use it, is a well-known therapy for helping people with traumatic experiences. They use eye movement, so lateral eye movement is up to 20 times. But in the context of today, we're not going to do eye movement. We're just going to focus on leveraging the power of human touch to help you generate those calming delta waves in your mind. And we can, as long as we are generating these calming delta waves, we are sending this calming signal into our brain cells. And by activating 
that traumatic encoding of the event or events or experience, whatever it happens to be, and by applying the power of human touch. And I will go through some guided havening today for those that have been traumatized to help people on a day to day basis. You are able to unplug those AMPA receptors that are on the surface of your cell, cells in your in, in your deep limbic system within your amygdala, send them back into the cell, remove that outflow response that you have encoded in your mind and bring your brain back, downregulate your brain back to a new normal that is, is a lot calmer than it is um, with the deep limbic system or amygdala activated in a fight flight response state or whatever you have chosen it to be in as a result of that event. So it is very well uh, researched. There's some, it's still early days from a science perspective, but there's some great research that is already out there. Please do visit my website for more information on Havening with all the scientific papers. You can go to ruthmaryallen.com forward slash Havening to, to, to learn more. Now, there are other techniques that you can use uh, in terms of downregulating um, activity in your mind. Really what you are focusing on um, is trying to turn back on your parasympathetic nervous system. So this is trying to turn back your system on that makes you feel safe, peaceful and calm uh, and turn off your sympathetic nervous system that puts into your, yourself into this fight flight response state. Now, you can do this with deep breathing exercises as well, which is a great thing to do for children. So I like to use the 24-7 breathing technique. Breathe in for two, hold for four and out for seven. Do that every day. So breathe in for two, hold for four, one, two, three, four and out for seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And repeat up to 10 times until you feel or until you feel calmer. If you are someone that is struggling uh, with your breathing for whatever reason, please consult a professional or make sure you do it whilst you're sitting down and stop as soon as you start feeling any ill effects uh, from, uh, from the changes to your breathing technique. So let's go now um, through guided trauma coaching. So I'm going to go back into... Um, the importance of human touch, as I mentioned, it's essential for survival. It calms down overactive regions of your brain. It calms down your brain and body's stress response, um, which is the autonomic nervous system through activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. So we want to get ourselves feeling safe, peaceful and calm. Self-havening for children. Here's some uh, images for children who choose to do self-havening. So we have three techniques that we use for self-havening. It is rubbing the palms of our hands. If you are watching this uh, from any country in the world and you wish to practice, please do this with me now. Just get yourself familiar with self-havening on yourself and encourage your children uh, to do the same. So it's the palm of our hands and you might want to sing nursery rhymes to your kids as you're doing this. Um, we, we can uh, wash our face. So this is like washing your face in the morning. It's stroking your face. You can do both sides of, of your face. Obviously you've got rings on, maybe you don't want to do that. But stroking your face, this is great for kids. If they're struggling with sleep at night time to stroke, stroke their face, you may find that you've done this as a parent to help your kids calm down 
uh, you've just naturally done this part of our evolutionary development is, is stroking your kid's face to, to help them calm down and then giving themselves a good hug. So you can give yourself a good hug. Your kids can give themselves personally a good hug. They can hug their toys. They can stroke their toys. Uh, and there's videos on my YouTube channel of my daughter Lily doing it. If you want all of the videos, please go to uh, my website, uh, ruthmaryallen.com, Havening with Lily, if you wish to get access to that particular program uh, to help adults and children learn how to do self-havening for day-to-day -day stress and anxiety. And that's really what we're doing today. If you are in a war-torn country and you would like support, you'd like access to that course, please email me at support at ruthmaryallen.com and I'll give you a specific coupon code to give you access to that course for free. So uh, let's just practice. So I want you to think about the, the most enjoyable, most amazing, fantastic uh, experience that you can think of in your life. It could be um, something that happened to you historically. It could be most uh, amazing holiday you've been on. Uh, whatever it is for you personally, I'd like you to bring a really enjoyable, exciting, uh, fun-filled event, event that makes you feel safe, peaceful and calm uh, to the forefront of your mind now while we practice this self-havening. So practice just doing the palms of your hands, practice stroking the, the surface of your face and practice uh, giving yourself a nice big squeezy hug. And I'd like you to just uh, decide which technique you feel is best for you. A lot of people just like to do the palms of their hands. Some people prefer it on their face. Uh, some people like to hug themselves. You can cross your hand, hands over. Whatever is comfortable for you, it does not matter. If you have interruptions as part of this guided havening, that's totally okay. Interruptions are all cool. We are going to do some guided havening now, and this is directed at children and adults who have experienced um, psychological trauma from war. So I just want you to be practicing that now. Now, what's key uh, as part of this guided uh, coaching that I'm going to do now is I want you to bring to the forefront of your mind an image that makes you feel safe, peaceful and calm. Now, for kids, it, it, it could be something within their imagination, but it has to be something uh, as best we can that makes you feel safe, peaceful and calm. For children, uh, it, it may be a distraction technique by singing nursery rhymes as they are applying um, the, the havening. And the, and the reason we do nursery rhymes is kids' imaginations go all over the place. And so if we can get them to sing a really great song, uh, one of your favourite nursery rhymes up to three because we want to make sure we do this for seven minutes or more up to ten minutes for each session at a go depending on what your rating is then um, we are making sure that we are unplugging those AMPA receptors on the surface of your brain cell and down regulating your brain again. So if you are happy with the um, with a technique that is best for you, I please, I would encourage you now to bring whatever unhelpful experience or traumatic experience that you've had over the course of today to the forefront of your mind, please. Just bring it all the way into the front of your mind. And I would like you, once it is fully in the front of your mind, to rate 
your distress rating out of 10. If you are willing to post it in the chat, please do that. Um, obviously, the higher the rating, the more distressing it is. Um, people that have attended my trauma recovery group coaching often have distress ratings of eight, nine or 10. The average is around seven when we start. So please do rate yourself now out of 10. I'd love it if anybody's able to post their rating in the chat below. It's important you write it down and make a note. Now, as soon as you have that all in your mind, I want you to immediately go into havening. So I'd like you to start havening. I'd like you to go back to the most beautiful place that you um, brought to the forefront of your mind before before we as we were starting so the place that made you feel safe peaceful and calm I'd like you to bring all of that into the forefront of your mind now um, I'm going to take you to a beach which I hope for most people makes them feel safe peaceful and calm so I'd like you to imagine yourself you're getting out of of the vehicle of of choice that you're traveling in I'd like you to imagine you are taking yourself down to that beach just as you have climbed out of the vehicle of choice uh, and you're making your way onto the sand. I want you to try and sense the sand beneath you, whether you've got shoes on or not, doesn't matter, but just sense the, the pressure of the sand beneath your feet. I want you to connect with all five of your senses. I want you to think about where is the sun in relation to you? Is it behind you? Is it, is it in front of you? Is it to your left? Is it to your right? What does the sky state look at the moment? Is it a lovely, beautiful blue sky? Can you see some clouds in the sky? If you can see some clouds, how many clouds can you see? Can you count them? What do they look like? Um, are they uh, covering the sun or is the sun out? Is it raining or is it not raining? What is the state of the weather today? I'd like you to really, as you are looking into the sky, notice anything else you can see. Can you see any birds in the sky? Can you see any people um, uh, uh, in the sky who are on the beach, maybe parascending or whatever. Can you see any uh, anything in the sky that is of particular interest in that lovely, safe, peaceful and calm place? Perhaps it could be some lovely birds or somebody flying a kite, something like that. And um, as you are looking up into the sky, can you um, sense the wind on your face? Is there any cool breeze? Is it a warm breeze? What is it? That you can sense on your skin is it what can you feel on your skin is it nice and cool is it nice and warm is the sun uh, hitting your skin in the context of warmth or is it behind you where is it in relation to you personally now if you are dealing with children please get them to sing some nursery rhymes while we are doing that every little cell in my body is happy every little cell in my body is calm Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is calm. Now, I'd like, I'm going to sing this in a minute for those children that will be watching in a little bit. I'd like you to um, just look out in front of you. I'd like you to see what you can see on the beach in front of you uh, and just take a little walk along the beach if that's what you like to do. Just take me for a walk along the beach itself and just visualise who you can see. I'd like you to walk 20 paces. I'm going to walk 20 paces with you now. I'm going to count them out loud. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 
18, 19, 20. And as you come to a standstill, I'd like you to turn around and have a look and see what you can see from the direction that you've traveled, what you can see behind you. Can you see the footprints in the sand that you've made? Can you see where you got out of your vehicle of choice to come on the beach? Is there anybody on the beach itself that you can see? Are there any dogs running around? Are there any families? If you look out to the ocean, who is playing in the water? How many people can you see out in the water at this time? Are there people that are enjoying uh, enjoying swimming around in the water? Who is out there at the moment? And now as you are looking out to the sea, I'd like you to look at the state of the waves. What are the waves doing? Are they coming into the ocean in a lapping into the ocean just nice and gently? Or have you got this lovely crashing sound of the waves as the waves roll over and crash into the shore? Now keep havening whilst you're doing this for me, please. Please don't stop havening. It's really important you keep havening. What can you see out into the sea? As you as you notice the waves lapping onto the shore, I'd like you to count the waves that you can see coming into the shore. And we're going to count down from 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, three, two, one, and that's it. And as you are looking out to the sea, can you see any boats or any ships out in the ocean at the moment? Are there any pleasure crafts moving around? Anybody on jet skis? What can you see in this lovely, beautiful scene where you feel safe, peaceful and calm? Have a look on the ocean and see what you can see. Now, I'd like you to turn around and walk towards the shore itself and I'd like you to find yourself a beautiful spot where you could choose to have a picnic. Now you might choose to go to a restaurant, that might be your, your uh, picnic of choice, you might choose to just have it on the beach and sit on a sun lounger, whatever it is for you. I just want you to imagine your route to get to your favourite picnic or restaurant spot and just take yourself on that, that journey now, make sure you're nice and seated down, have a look at the tablecloths that may be out, maybe you might choose, the, this, the imagination is it is unending, so if you want to have a butler to serve you your food, that is totally fine, if you want to have silver service, that's totally fine, just whatever you would like to have, your, your world is your oyster now, and um, because you're inside your mind, whatever you would love to have in the context of having a beautiful picnic, now I want you to think about what would you put in your picnic camper or what would you order from the menu if you were going to have the best meal that you could ever have uh, being on your beach or wherever you've chosen to be that feels safe, peaceful and calm. What 10 things would you put in your picnic basket or what things, 10 things can you see on the menu that you are looking at as you are in that restaurant? Have a look at that menu and maybe shout them out to me <laughs> or shout them out to the people that are around you. You can do this in a huge setting. Now, just shout out the things that you'd love to have in your picnic basket right now. They can be as crazy. Uh, they can be as uh, uh, extravagant as possible. What, what type of drinks would you have? Uh, would you go for the most expensive champagne? Would you would you go for the yummiest treats? What cakes, what, what treats would you have? 
as dessert if if you could choose the menu of your choice get the kids to shout it out too what would they love to have on their menu of choice what would be their favorite things to be eating if they were down on the beach having a wonderful picnic find out from the community that you are engaging with and i'd like you to imagine that the person who is your choice person to serve that for you it could be brad pitt it could be the most famous superstar in the world it could be your superhero could come flying in who would be the person that you would love to have serve that to you i'd like you to imagine them serving it to you now serving your favorite food and just eating it uh, and enjoying it and having a lovely delicious drink as well and when you have finished eating your favorite food and when you have finished having your favorite drink I'd like you to just pause for a moment and look out to the ocean, look out to wherever your favourite space is that is safe, peaceful and calm and tell me now, write down what your distress rating is out of 10. Please write down your distress rating out of 10 as you check back in with the event that you recalled at the beginning of that guided havening session. I just want you to pause with your havening and please do recheck back in with that uh, havening, uh, check back in with that event and write down your score out of 10. Now, if your score out of 10 is a, a level that is unacceptable, please go back to your safe place. Please replay this video that is now live. Please replay it at the points that I started the guided havening and go through it again until such time as you feel that distress rating has reduced. If you're finding it difficult to get back to the guided havening that I was uh, guiding you through just then, then please activate the event and sing your favourite songs. Uh, get your playlist out on your phone uh, or, or your favourite nursery rhymes for children uh, and sing your favourite songs. So there's three great nursery rhymes. I'm just going to start with one for children. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm so swell. Every little cell in my body is happy and well. I'm so glad. Every little cell in my body is happy and well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. Now, you can repeat that as many times as you like. Please keep going until the traumatic encoding that you have in your mind has been reduced to an acceptable level. If you do want more support with regards to this, then please do email me uh, directly. Please email support at ruthmaryallen.com. If you would love some guided havening, if you'd love some trauma recovery group coaching that goes into much more detail than I've been able to do today to help you unchain your pain from the psychological trauma of war, then please do let me know. Key for all of this 
in terms of distraction is to connect with all five of your senses. And, and if you think about your five senses, you've got your sight, your sound, the smell, your touch and your taste. And those senses, in, when we think about the event, the meaning, the landscape and that inescapability, those senses all catch that information and tell you whether the event is inescapable uh, and the event will get encoded through all five of your senses as well. So you have the power to use the use your senses to your advantage to help you override any traumatic encoding that's incurred in your mind. So examples can include tapping into positive memories, putting a positive photo album on your phone. So when you are in a, in, in a traumatic experience, perhaps you're hunkered down in a bunker, get that phone out, get those lovely, enjoyable memories out, start doing some havening and looking at some beautiful pictures on your phone, start doing that distraction technique. Nursery rhymes, I've just sung a really terrible, <laughs> not very well, every little cell in my body is happy. Sing your best nursery rhymes in your language that suits your children, get them singing to some lovely nursery rhymes whilst havening and do it for seven to 10 minutes to help them uh, depotentiate though get rid of those amper receptors that are on the surface of the sound, get rid of that little root of that trauma tree and stop that trauma tree from growing. Smell, connect with some lovely smells that make you feel good, make you feel happy, lavender and jasmine are great smells to help us feel calm. Any favorite smells that you have, even if it's snuggling into your mum or dad or snuggling into the smell of your kids, then do that to really activate yourself and give them some lovely cuddles at the same time as I'm sure you're doing. In terms of the power of human touch, we've tached, we've really tapped into that today. It's havening. Give everyone a hug. You know, don't be afraid to hug people if they are receptive of hugging. Hug your toys. Use your toys to best effect. Um, focus on how you can leverage the power of human touch to help you. And think about things, tastes that you find really calming and soothing. Our mind cannot differentiate between what's in our imagination and what is real life. So use the power of your imagination to override some of the encoding that has occurred as a result of real events that have taken place for you during that day. And as I mentioned, you know, in terms of guided trauma coaching, think of images that make you uh, feel safe, peaceful and calm. Uh, maybe it's taking yourself to your favourite place. Maybe it's just having a lovely hot mug of coffee and thinking about hugging that hot mug of coffee or tea or whatever your favourite beverage happens to be in your country and, and going through the mental process of making it uh, as you're doing some havening through this distraction technique. And please just keep going. If you if you activate that experience, you do the havening as a distraction, go through the distractions that I've shown you for seven to 10 minutes and repeat until such time as the traumatic encoding has reduced to a level that you find ex acceptable. You can do this every day. The more you practice, the stronger your brain will become through the power of human touch. It's really important. You take the time to teach your kids, for them to practice it, help them with their sleep at night through havening touch as well, really important. If you need further support with regards to trauma recovery coaching, please email me, ruthmarieallen.com, trauma recovery. We offer group or one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is focused on helping people unchain their pain from past trauma and helpful experience. And clients that have been through our group coaching 
uh, and we combine havening with other brain uh, uh, brain health techniques is they report an average reduction in distress level of seven out of 10 to one out of 10 in just one hour in a group setting. And that is all performed content free. And we have done content free today. So I've demonstrated guided havening. Anyone that has been watching us not to have to tell me anything about the event, which is so important in the context of people who've experienced trauma, because sometimes it's too difficult to talk about your traumatic experience so it's a great technique to help people get themselves ready for any other type of therapy that requires people to talk about their experience havening with lily my daughter lily she learned the technique at 18 months old she has been to a first international conference last year to demonstrate the power of havening and please please if you are a parent please sign up to that course havening with lily where we go through all the techniques I've just talked to you about. There's loads of resources for you there to help you learn how to do havening. There's guided havening there for you. There's nursery rhymes. There's stories to tell your children at sleep. Please do, do sign up for that course. If you are in a war zone and you would like access to that course for free, I have made it free to all people who are traumatized by war. If you want to donate this course, to people who have traumatized by war, then please email support at ruthmaryallen.com. I can gift coupon codes to people. Uh, the more support that I can get in terms of funding this course, the more opportunity there is for me to translate it into all of the other languages that need it. So please, if you are a business, if you're an organization and you would like to donate coupons for trauma recovery group coaching, or Havening with Lily program, then please do email support at ruthmaryellen.com. If you have any further questions with regards to brain health, trauma recovery, group coaching, or anything else, then please contact us at ruthmaryellen.com forward slash connect to arrange a business consultation. I hope you found this show brain health unchaining your pain which really focusing on helping people with a psychological trauma of war and providing you with guided coaching to help you unchain your pain i hope you find this helpful i'd love to hear your comments if you have any questions about this particular show then please do post them below i will answer any questions you have now if i don't see any questions posted in the notes below then uh, I will um, make sure uh, that I take the time to answer them and through whatever media channel they are posted on at a later date. Um, so I've just had, uh, I joined a practicing mindfulness class at my local gym. They guided to do this. Well done, behind. really pleased. This here is for everybody who has been impacted by the trauma of war whether that's past or present, irrespective of where you are living in the world. And please use the power of the internet to help people heal from the psychological trauma of war if they need particular group coaching or one-on-one -on -one coaching to help them unchain their pain, then please do reach out to me, ruthmaryallen.com forward slash connect. I hope you found this helpful. It's been an absolute pleasure. I wish everybody out there 
who is struggling with the trauma of war, whether that is now uh, or in the past, uh, a safe uh, uh, and long recovery. Um, I hope that you get the support that you need. I hope that you found this session helpful. Please do take the time to practice havening, to help yourself really unchain your pain. As I said, you are not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better. And I am here to show you how more uh, guests will be coming up in the show next to talk about how they have been unchaining their pain. And we'll be diving into the five pillars of brain health and learning some fun facts about them. So please do check that out to everyone out there. Uh, safe and peaceful times, I'm sure, are ahead. Please do have hope. And hope is all about having open possibilities every day. And if you want to learn more about that uh, and you are experiencing the trauma of war, then please do listen to the amazing Amy Kardashian, who was a guest on my show in episode four. And she talks all about her experience of the Lebanese war and how she was able to have hope throughout that time. I hope it will serve you. Uh, and I wish you uh, safety out there, everybody. Thank you for listening. By Winject Studios, we are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.